0: Well, I have an image that I wanted to to show you guys. I don't know if um, you've ever been hiking and seen a a pile of stones like this little pile of stones here. But we just discovered um, this past fall that these are called Cairns. And not Cairns, Cairns. And while um, we really enjoyed finding them along the path as we were out west in, in Utah and Colorado and New Mexico... Um, and you can see we've enjoyed making our own, um, I, I did find out that they actually serve a purpose, and they've been used for thousands of years, and uh, they they are used to mark the paths for hikers and travelers, and sometimes as memorials for people who are passing by. And the word kerns is hard to say without saying it with an Irish accent because it's actually a Gaelic word. Um, but we we actually find these memorial stones, these stacks of stones are found throughout the Old Testament. We read about them there. And I think that maybe for me, that's why I find them so fascinating and I was so intrigued by them because it reminded me of the passage that we're looking at tonight in Joshua 4 um, where these uh, little stacks of stones um, were created by the people of Israel. I'm going to read to you Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and then skip down to verses 20 through 24. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, this is the Jordan River, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at a place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called 12 together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of Israelites, and to serve as a sign among you. <clears throat> In the future, when your children ask, What do these stones mean? Tell them, the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Down in verse 20, it says, Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did it so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So the, the crossing of the Jordan River here is sort of a bookend to the crossing of the Red Sea when the children of Israel escaped um, Egypt Egypt and enslavement there. And after this miraculous escape um, through the Red Sea, they spent 40 years wandering in the desert. Um, During that time, God gave them the law of Moses, the tablets, and they put those tablets in what they're talking about here in the Ark of the Covenant. But Again, after 40 years, they find themselves facing a large body of water that stands between them and God's promises. Um, The Jordan River, as I understand it, is is somewhat of a a passable river, but during the springtime, the snow melts and um, it floods. The plain floods and it's about a mile wide. So they are standing at the edge of this impassable river, um, and God says, "Step." He tells the priests to step into the river um, with the ark, and, and the, the waters begin to stop flowing. They begin to move back, and there's a dry path for them to cross. So God breaking into history once again um, and, and providing a path for uh, the Israelites to cross the, the Jordan is, is the central event in this passage. But the end of the story is not the crossing of the river, but it's the piling of these stones and their significance for what they have for them and for the future. Verse uh, verse 6 and 7 says, These stones are to serve as a sign. These stones are to be a memorial. Throughout the Old Old Testament, the word remember is a very important word because obviously the Israelites forget a lot. And so over and over again, um, God tells them to remember um, they had just spent a significant amount of time wandering in the desert um, because they forgot what God did at the Red Sea, what God did to, to get them out of Egypt. And, and so now they're crossing the Jordan and God says, okay, we're going to make a marker this time. We're going to make something so that you can remember what God, that God has been present and God has been faithful and God has made a way when there was no. And so, because actually, you know, they cross the river, but they're on dry land, but they still face a very uncertain future in a very unknown land. And we know throughout the Old Testament reading further on, their future holds the fortified walls of Jericho, uh, the warriors of the Philistines and the Canaanites, and constantly the lure of foreign gods. So they will they feel, will feel defeated and they will be discouraged and there will be times when they will feel despair and, and feel that God is not there anymore. He's not with them anymore. And so God says on those days when miracles seem like fairy tales and God seems nowhere around, we are going to create these stones to serve as an anchor point so that we can look back and know that God is still God what you're going through currently. And that's, the same is true for us today. I mean, we face difficulties and uncertain, don't know what our next steps are going to be or uncertain futures, and sometimes wonder, wonder if God is actually present. And these stones on the banks of the Jordan remind us how God has been faithful and how God made a way in the past. Now, our markers today might, are not necessarily stacks of stones a river bed, but we, we do have markers as a community. We have baptisms, we have baby dedications, we have weddings, and even we have funerals. And Those are those markers, those moments, those events, so that we can remember what God has done and what God can do. Uh, our markers don't always have to be events. Um, sometimes it can be a special place, uh, an item that we've kept is a, a memory of what God has done. For me, I, um, I went to college at Mississippi State, and I was the first person in any generation of my family to even leave our hometown. And, uh, and that was, anytime we go back to visit that campus, for me, it's a sacred memorial of what God, the way that God made for what God did for me, and I'm reminded of God's presence and God's power um, when it, whenever I go there. These stones, they, were, they weren't only to be a marker to help them remember, but I think it's really it's key that this passage emphasizes that this marker was built in community. It wasn't built by one or two people. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over to the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone upon his shoulder. An an interesting thing about harms, those uh, little stacks of stones today and in the past, is that they have been built and they've been maintained, not by one or two people, but by communities. When the weather or snow covers a part of a stone structure, um, other people add to it so that the path will be seen. When rocks are fallen, fall over from one of these little structures, one of these piles, people add to it so that they can keep it visible for others. There's a saying among hikers that two rocks don't make a duck. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I can kind of imagine it. You know, Um, but when you know that a a ducky is what the top rock of a carn is called, and it's the rock that kind of points in the direction to the next carn on the path. So it takes more than two rocks to make a marker on the path, and it takes a community to build and maintain the markers to show the way. God instructs Joshua to have a representative from each tribe Carry that stone and to create the marker of this collective community. And it's a reminder for them in this uncertain future that they are not alone. And as I understand it, that Israel, I've never been to Israel, but as I understand, Israel is full of rocks and stones. And they're everywhere. Just like we're the pine belt, and there are pine trees everywhere, there are rocks and stones everywhere. Um, and, there And so this imagery of piling stones is woven actually all throughout the Old Testament. Um, and it, the cool thing is, I think, that it culminates into an imagery of Jesus that was read earlier um, in 1 Peter t- chapter 2 of, as the living cornerstone, the living stone. Uh, it says in verses 4 and 5 of 1 Peter 2, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That, that imagery is, is, is really powerful to me. Um, these once really unremarkable, ordinary objects, piles of stone um, which which served as a reminder to people of God's faithfulness and power and presence is now a living reminder to us that no matter how unremarkable or ordinary I feel about myself, I am a living marker. I am a living stone. I am that, that direction on the path for others. The, the, a benefit of communal care and making as a church um, is that we, we get to pool our resources together. We come together in our life experiences and as we've faced our own Pharaohs or our own impassable seeds, and, and we come together to remind each other, to bear witness to each other of God's presence and faithfulness so that we make a path for one another. I, as I was, I was looking at this, I really see these meeting times on Sunday nights as little cairns in our journey um, in a, uh, throughout the week. You know, it's a weekly practice of us coming together and cairn-making and uh, from, from living stones of our community. Little markers along the way in our week to help us on our path, to remind us of God's presence in the journey and God's faithfulness. You know, we it, it, sort of like the world's kind of spent a year careless. We, we, we didn't have weddings, and we didn't have these markers, and, and we tried. To, we, we did church online and did the best we could. But there's, it's really, it's it's not the same as being physically and fully present with, with one another, and um, and and to help us see the path and feel God's presence more clearly. I think that these, these weekly gatherings are more probably important to my journey than I sometimes give them credit. Um, you know, I, and maybe I can say this because I'm not Mike, but I, I you know, I, I want to come each week because I, I know Mike's put time, he's, uh, you know, part of the priesthood and he's giving spiritual sacrifices as, as First Peter talks about. Um, and I want to, I want to come and receive that and just like we share with our kids that it's them to be here whenever we can, because there are those of you who are preparing and teaching and um, are going to lead them in the youth, and we want them there to be there to receive it. But, but it's also just as important that, they're, that they are here because they are the living stones. They are making the pile. They are, um, we are building each other up, um, and our collective energy and our collective lives serve a common purpose if you're not here, part of the marker is missing, and the collective story is missing. Part of that story is missing for others to see and hear. Now, I'm glad Ravik's here tonight, because I was going to, whether he was here or not, I was going to give an example of this. You know, I mean, when Mike tells a joke, you know you miss Ravik's laugh if he's not here, right? <laughs> so, um, but that, that's, it's important that, that we bring ourselves here because we we are the living stones and and it's an important practice so once these stones were collected um, from the Jordan River Joshua says to the Israelites in the future when your descendants ask what do these stones mean tell them about what God's done and then he, he said he did this so that all the people of the earth my earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. That question, what do these stones mean, is exactly what I asked Google when we were out west in the fall. (laughs) It's like, okay, what are these things? What are these? Um, And the thing about those currents that I I understood is that they don't tell you what path you're on. I don't know if I'm on this trail or that, you know, this trail named this or that, but they do tell you that you They are placed along parts of the path that might be difficult to see, or a juncture in the path where you have to make a decision of which way to go. So for the people of Israel, while what was ahead of them was unknown, this stack of stones was going to be an anchor point, a a point of reference for times in the future when their path was not so clear. Larry and I are now um, the parents of a high school senior. Emery is a high school senior. And Aubrey's not far behind. And so we, we talk a lot about college in our house these days. Of course, Ori doesn't like us to do that. But, um, but, and while I want my children to find a college where they're, they're safe and they receive a great education um, and opportunities to grow, for me, the main thing I pray for them is that they would end up in a place where that they, they can find a community that helps them grow in their faith and continue to grow in their love for God and other people. Um, and Aubrey and I were talking about this last week, and I was sharing about some of my faith experience during college and she's looking at churches and things like that. And she stopped me, and she's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. That, I mean, when I think about church, when I think ecclesia, and I think of the people who have known me my entire life and who have loved me my entire life. And she named several people in this room, she's like, going to be hard not to be here and and to be somewhere else. And it will be. It will be challenging. Um, And she doesn't know exactly what that will look like. Um, But because of the living stones collected right here, she has an anchor point. Uh, She has a reference point to draw a line from God's presence in the past to the path of God's faithfulness. He says that these stones weren't just to serve as a reminder to our children, but they are to be a reminder for all people of the earth to know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Last week I I had um, the privilege of sharing uh, a a message in Ohio from home. The church in Ohio, they're still doing it online, and so I shared the message on uh, Acts chapter 2, but they had really asked me, they really wanted me to share some of Ecclesia's story. And as I reflected on our beginnings in the past 14 years, I was amazed at some really big things that God has done with such a small group of people. I mean, don't get me wrong, the people in this room and this community are extraordinary. Like, I really am blown away that I get to know and do life with people who are so amazing and so um, have such good vision and compassion and live intentionally um, but really to the outside world, we're just an ordinary pile of stones, right? We're, just, we're nothing special. Um, but I believe that this community and other faith communities here have, have, have been and are being, we're being a marker on the path. We're, we are way markers um, to remind all people in our city and in our area, To the way of God. We serve as an anchor point, as a reference, so that others might know what the hand of God looks like.